what a week. This week has been hectic. <sighs> it honestly has. And double headers, not a fan. When we have that triple header, not going to be a fan. Our triple header is... We have a month off, though. <sighs> we have a month off, which we originally thought it was for two weeks for some reason. I'm in two minds because, one, a month off sounds incredible, mm-hmm. um, but then a month without F1 sounds horrible. Uh, yeah, like, what are we going to talk about for four weeks? <laughs> We're going to have to take a week off. I feel like we deserve a break. Yeah, I think we'll maybe take a week off. If you're listening and you can hear people walking down my hallway, I'm a po- I'm sorry. Um, we can just co- leave a comment. Leave a comment and we'll get the sound guy cancelled. <laughs> cancelled. I think it's fired. I think they use. I think Alex Alvin used fired. the term fired. Yeah, Alex did use this term fired. I just forgot what he said. It what has, were we talking about? We're talking about the calendar. We have a month off, and that we maybe we might take a week off. But we have an interview that's going to happen in that time. We have... We're going to be watching the drivers live their best lives. Yeah. I think we might um, do like a special episode on W Series, which would be nice. Oh, I like the idea of that. Yeah. If anyone's got any suggestions, get in the comments and let us know what you want to hear in the month off. Speaking on W Series, I saw it. I don't know when she posted it, but F1 Tony posted that because Jamie won the W series the next year she doesn't yes. earn super points what the fuck yeah so she's won it three times which means she's competed in the series twice without any any super points and it's supposed to be so that it's a graduate series from what i understand it's supposed to you're supposed to graduate into f4 f3 um but from what i understand she's done an f3 race and didn't do so well Though don't quote me on that because I haven't watched much of the W series or F3 in a long time. I will be quoting you on that, Ash. (laughs) Get me cancelled on (laughs) my false facts for W series. No, I would never get you cancelled. I love you too much. Aww. Well, it was Silverstone. It was. And it delivered. We had drama. We had action. We had drama on and off the track. Yeah, yeah, and let's just, I think we should just get in straight into it. Welcome back to Girls in the Fast Lane. I'm Ash. And I'm Em. And we're just here bringing you F1 goodness. F1 greatness. <laughs> The crown jewel in the F1 calendar, as Liv Laugh Lids would say. She would, but I think she's a little biased because it's her home race. I mean, a little bit. Would you consider Australia the best race on the calendar? Because we are Australian. Yeah, when everyone was posting about the track invasion, I'm not going to lie, everyone was posting about the track invasion in the UK, and I was about to say they were pretty slow compared to the Australian, compared to the Australian fans. Like, I have a video of like everyone running down and I'm telling you now, it was way more hectic than the UK. I was on the track quicker than those protesters were (laughs) after the race (laughs) in Australia. (laughs) Let's Um, get into some F1 news, shall we? You know, we had a lot of news start come up this week. 
um, we had. Just for context, I have I was in charge of the run sheet this week because uh, um, has had a bit of a big change in her life. And so our run sheet this week is four pages long. Yeah, I had a child. I'm kidding. Uh, I moved into state. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm coming to you from Central Australia. Well, Yuri Vips is still racing in F2. How do we feel? I, I'm, it re, uh, I, I see two ways. I'm like, okay, yes, he did the wrong thing. Maybe he should try and be able to redeem himself. But then my other brain is like, no, he should know better. He should know that that's not the word you say. And that the fact that it was said so casually means that it's not the first time he said it. And I think that you can't spew speech like that and get away with it what do you think I'm kind of I'm kind of with you I kind of feel like you definitely need a chance to redeem yourself I believe in second chances 100% but I also think that he needs to do something more publicly to show that he's sorry like I think that he you know whether it's going publicly and speaking to people of colour or going and, you know, supporting, being more supportive of uh, stop racism causes and, like, he needs to educate himself on why it was wrong and I think he needs to support people of colour more and show that he understands why it's wrong and try and create, like, increased diversity in a sport that is male-dominated by white men. And he happens to be one of those white men with white men privilege. So he needs to show that he can do better. You know who else could do better this week? Who's that? Nelson Piquet. Oh, right. So this was discussed. And it was also quite an awkward situation, I think, for Verstappi. Mm-hmm. But Jensen Buttons, I don't know if you watched the pre-race interviews, but Jensen Buttons said um, that he thinks that even though the word means something different in Portuguese, it's not an excuse. He's a worldly man that's had three world championships and he needs to act like it, which I was like, yes, Jensen. Um, I I think Jensen is entirely correct because there were people coming out on social media saying, well, um, he didn't know because, yeah, it's a different word in Portuguese, but that's not an excuse. Yeah. Like, like – it's a word that everyone should know is not an appropriate word. And to be using it to describe someone, especially someone of colour, bro, do better. Yeah. And um, so they obviously got everyone's reactions to it. And I watched, like, I watched everything this weekend. Like, I don't think I've missed a single thing. Like, I watched the F1 show. I watched the weekend warm-up. I watched post-weekend. Like, I watched... Everything I could. Um, Lulu, so Lulu said that he was really grateful for his fellow drivers standing up for him and he doesn't agree with old voices in the F1 cohort saying, having a say in what F1 represents anymore as they're in a different path and a different direction to that, you know, that the old guys were on. Um, the, these older voices believe in discrimination against race and women and we shouldn't be giving them a platform to speak. And Lewis is just so well-spoken and hit it straight on the head. But, you know, it wasn't just Nelson Piquet this week. 
from the old voices coming out and spewing trash. <laughs> Do you have anything on Bernie? I have a little. So basically on the Today Today show or a, a show in um, – it was interviewed on a television morning show. The morning show, I think it was called. Yeah. And he basically said that he would take a bullet for Putin. And um, on so many levels, like, this is wrong. Like, first of all, the one thing I've learned in the last 12 months is the people that you have in your life represent who you are. And that's made me really look at people in my life differently and made me make some choices that I think were a bit hard, but also I think right for myself. I think that Bernie needs to do the same thing. Look at the people you have in your life and maybe it's not okay to be best friends with a war criminal. Just like the FIA need to ban some of these people from opening their mouths. Like, I mean, I know they can't stop everyone, but I think they should stop them speaking on the behalf of F1 because you're just making us look like we're going 10 years in the backwards. And like willingly and just saying it so casually on television when he's just started a war with another country. Yeah, and it's and the FIA have like publicly condemned Russia. Like, bro, do better. <laughs> yeah. I think um so Papa Seb obviously had something to say about this racism and the controversy this week. Um and he just basically said that racism isn't something that's just the Sir Lulu's facing right now it's something he's faced his whole life and that his family has faced his whole life and that's what that's what the problem is that's what needs to change and then the best thing was is there's like a whole they've got five drivers in this press conference right they asked Papa said what they he thought then they moved to little Norrie who's our little advocate for Mm -hmm. mental health and all the hard topics which I think is fucking amazing I can't believe that he's really becoming the Sebastian Vettel of his generation because like I think that's such a hard position to put yourself in, like, at that age. Like, he is 22. Like, I could not imagine being asked these questions at 22 and answering them with grace. (coughs) And for all we hang shit, for all we hang shit on Lando for just saying (laughs) what he says (laughs) and that he needs Charlotte back in his life, (laughs) speaking out like this and the things that he has to say is just so refreshing because there's a lot of young drivers that don't speak out about things when they probably should. Right. Um, so the fact that Lando is doing it is is so impressive. Yeah. And I also I also think we need to take a minute to admire the really unique position Max is in. So my mum is not a Max Verstappen fan at all. <laughs> so I'm not getting a shout out. Yeah, mum, hi. Uh, you're okay. Um, she... Basically, it was like Max is guilty by association. Whoa. Which, you know, I exactly, I disagree with that. And I think a lot of people would because, like, okay, he's dating Callie, who is Nelson Piquet's daughter, if you don't know. Yeah. But you can't, no. <laughs> okay. So this, like, leads into, leads into a few things, first of all. It's like, Max, we've got to remember that, first of all, English is not his first language. <laughs> Second of all, he is dating the daughter of Nelson Piquet. Third of all, Max isn't really great at 
I mean, he is aggressive. He's an aggressive driver and he has some backhanded comments for sure. But when it comes to the really hard topics, he doesn't really answer the questions well. And history has shown that. Like, so for him to get asked about it and he was just like, racism's not okay, full stop. And it's like, yeah, I agree. But I think he needed to release a statement. I think he needed to step up and say, hey, just because that's Nelson's thoughts doesn't that mean that's mine. Like, and show respect for Sir Lulu. Um Especially because <laughs> Max got booed quite a lot this weekend. And, you know, I don't think booing of any kind is okay. I think I've, I think I've generally been pretty, like, sane, not sane, Jesus, being pretty much on the same level where I'm always saying I don't think we should drive a bash and I think that hating on people is just stupid. Yeah, I love them all. Um, yeah, I love them all. And yeah, you might you might like people less, <laughs> but there's no reason there's no reason to boo people. I just I I don't understand it. I think it's stupid. I think that we should be congratulating all of them because they've managed to get to the top twenty. And it happens, you know, it happened to me at the Australian Grand Prix, and I'm always going to bring it up when people behind me in my grandstand were saying, like, Lance is shit and Nikki's shit. And I turned around and said, we don't need to talk like this. Yeah, I think that, like, yeah, we do have to remember they are the t- top 20 best drivers in the world and we shouldn't drive a bash and we shouldn't boo. But also at the same time, it's like the other thing that, like, really was brought to my attention and that I didn't really think about was solely this weekend was, like, there's no room for booing for anyone like that's just straight up disrespectful let's not do that but then I don't know if anyone remembers what happened last year at um at Zandvoort when Lewis got booed quite heavily uh Max turned around and was like it's not my responsibility to stop the supporters booing so Lulu and it's just like you can definitely see the maturity age between so Lulu and Max right now like it's yeah I just I I want I like Max. I th- I'm so happy that he won the world championship. I'm so happy that he's doing well this season. But I do think he needs to step up and take more of a stance on the political and discrimination issues that are going on. Definitely. And he I think he's better than he was last year in regards to talking about these kind of things. But, yeah, he needs to do better. And maybe, you know, he's had discussions with Netflix. So maybe we'll see a different side of him if he does end up appearing in season five of DTS after those discussions. That was a mouthful, first of all. Um, Second of all, did you watch the interview where he said that he had discussions with Netflix? Yes. Yes. I mean, he's going to be involved, which is great because I missed Max's interviews in the last season, even though he was still featured in it, he didn't interview really. So I think it'll be great to have his perspective again. I just hope that he thinks about what he says because otherwise he is going to get a bad edit. Like that's just straight up facts. It's kind of like Lando. Lando... Lando said some really off-the-cuff things and, like, because of the way he said it. And it's like, there is nothing wrong with the things that Lando said, but he got a bad edit, which made him look like he hated Danny Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And I really think that I – I mean, why would you not – if I was Netflix and I was going for drama and going for 
going to dram- dramatize things instead of you know showing us behind the scenes like we wanted to in season one and season two mm. then obviously the rivalry for season five is going to be the ferrari boys 100 percent, 100 percent. which i think we'll get into a little bit later because it was really shown during the race yes. this week it sure was <laughs> mclaren have decided to halt their development on the MCL 36 due to the budget caps. And you know, these budget caps were put together back in 2019, prior global pandemic, prior fuel prices, everything rising. What are your thoughts? Okay. They said this. (laughs) They came out and said this, right? Lando came out and was like, it's going to make the rest of the season really hard. And as a McLaren fan, as if if you're not watching this, if you're listening and not watching, I am currently decked out in McLaren gear today. Um, <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It really suits her, by the way. Um, it, it's really it's really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's really fucking heartbreaking. Like, what? They're just going to try and optimize the car they've got, and it's like they're already losing out to the Alpines. The Alfa Romeo looks fast. They could lose out to the Alfa Romeo. I just and they want to be fourth in the championship at least, and it's like with one driver not driving as strongly. I don't know if it's going to happen, but they did announce that the budget is going to be increased. This they they? announced it. Yeah. I don't know by how much or what all I've got in the notes is that the budget's going to be increased. It makes sense with the way that everything is rising. Oh, 100% in price at the moment. It's just not obtainable to. We sound so smart. This episode. We do. What is going on? We really know what we're talking about. Um, can can what is the meatball flag by the way did i miss something oh so uh the orange flag <laughs> with the round circle the black no, the black flag with like, the orange circle is oh, the so we're calling flag. it the meatball flag now okay i like it I um like it. i think did you coin that or did someone else? i think jensen button did jensen i love the meatball flag jensen is a king we love jensen yes um, and the teams are annoyed that they're pulling out the meatball flag without any discussion, which... Can we just say, sorry, remember how we did our flags thing? Ages like, ago, yeah. Months ago. And we were like, wow, we've never seen the black and orange flag before. <laughs> and now we've basically seen, seen like it in like four. four races. Yeah, we've seen it. I don't think it's in four races. I think we've seen it four times this season, which is nuts. <laughs> and also, why have two of them been for Alpha Tauri? Yeah, I... The teams have come out. I think for uh, I think Alpha. Let me get the team right first. Well, I'm pretty sure it was Alpha Tauri saying that they want more discussion between the FIA and the teams before pulling out the flag, um, instead of just pulling out the flag and having a pit straight away. But it's like, oh well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you they let Yuki go around for a couple laps before they pulled him in. I just don't know if they know what they're doing. <laughs> Do they need us to come in and and chat to the teams for them uh, when they think there's an to issue? To be honest, the if the FIA want to hire us as, like, the messenger between the FIA and the teams, I would be happy to do it. Could you imagine Could you me imagine? being on the radio being like, <laughs> uh, excuse me, um, Alphatari, please, your wing is not <laughs> your wing is not sustainable. Please come in. You would sound so professional. I'd love it. Bitches, get Yuki's fucking rear wing fixed now. <laughs> Toto, it's Michael. <laughs> Toto, it's Ash and M from Girls in the Fast Lane. We just need to have a discussion. Did you send that email or not? 
What did the email say, Toto? We're really interested. We'll ask him. Next time I see him, I'll ask him. Yeah, I think you should because you've got such a good rapport with him already. I know, right? So, staying on the topic of AlphaTauri, Pierre has nightmares over the number of points lost this year. And I was like, and like legitimate nightmares because they asked him like what? Like when you're sleeping nightmares. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, that would be fucking like that pressure like I could not even I've had a dream once about work and that was I didn't take the scones out in time and I was doing high tea for like a thousand people (laughs) that week so like I can't imagine the amount of stress you'd have to be under to be having fucking nightmares about not getting points I mean my work nightmares are usually surrounded by call bells (laughs) um going off but that literally makes me want to cry like Pierre oh the best the best uh, thing about this whole interview that I saw was that Fran's response to the nightmares was just get a podium to get some points. <laughs> Pierre, your nightmares will stop if you get a podium. Yeah, like no pressure. Not that you have like the sixth far- slowest car on the grid this year, but just. Yeah, you'll be right. Okay, I have Phil Boxton in capital letters on this run sheet for a reason. The whole family was there this weekend. The whole Sky Sports family was there. Besides, I didn't. I mean, Naomi has her her W series responsibilities now, so I was sad that she wasn't part of the broadcasting crew. But Will Boxton was there. We had Jensen Button. We had Karoon. We had we had everyone. Ted. Everyone was just hanging out, and I just loved it because everyone was so excited. And you know, I think that they could really make room on the team for us. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, we give Martin Brundle a hard time here. It's a known fact that we make fun of him being like, well, he never won a Grand Prix, which I believe our facts are true that he's never won a Grand Prix. But I recently learned that good old Martin Brundle has nine podiums. <laughs> that is so impressive. I Maybe they should say that. You know, like when it comes up on the bottom of the screen, it's like F1 driver from this date to this That's date. That's where like, I learned it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good one, Sky Sports. I'm proud of you. Yeah, but I mean, every other time I've never, ever seen that. So I don't know how it's taken me nearly two years to notice that about him. Maybe they just didn't have that on there before. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's a recent development. Maybe they've only just realised that he had nine podiums in F1, just like us. Speaking about Sky Sports and Jensen Button, uh, Jensen Button thinks that Lando, George and Hamilton are the best British trio to ever be on the track at the same time in the history of F1. That's saying a lot because JB is British. Right. So he doesn't think that he's that good then. Do you know what the best thing was? Is Martin Brundle got he's like his knick is in a knot about this, right? So he was like, really, <laughs> really? Like and then started naming off like other pairings and and JB was like, No, 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 like I think it is. And I was like, Well, they are some they are a fine fine trio if you ask me. I think they they are and I would have loved to have seen a British trio uh podium this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I I tried. I tried. We got one, I got one out of the three. Did you know that? I got one. I I did know that. I'm actually really impressed with you. <coughs> so let's start talking about let's get into drivers and racing. Fernando Alonso surpassed Kimi's record this weekend for distance raced. He's like a third of the way to the moon or some shit. Fun fact. What? (laughs) To the moon? Yeah. (laughs) Fernando, 
when is it time to call it a day? <laughs> He's going to call it a day when he reaches race the moon. All the way to the moon. <laughs> Williams and Alex brought some upgrades this weekend. Alex had the best helmet of the season so far. We are a big fan of Albon pets and yeah, the fact fan. that all the Albon pets featured on Alex's helmet this weekend just made me so happy. <laughs> Oh, I can, yeah, honestly, it was the cutest helmet I've ever seen. And I'm really disappointed that he hasn't released it as a minis because I would have bought it. Alex, released <laughs> release the helmet. Right. Williams brought upgrades to one car, and that happened to be Alex's car. And then Mercedes also brought minor upgrades, right? And I say that with quotation marks in the air because... They were like, oh, yeah, we bought a few things. It's like all aero. It doesn't – yeah, it's not that big. Okay, let's let's just go through what they got. They got a new floor, which was the third of the season. Brake ducts, side pods, rear wing, and a front suspension. So tell me, how is that a minor fucking upgrade? That's like half the car. Exactly. It's literally most of the aero. Toto, I don't think – I think we need to reevaluate your thoughts on major and minor. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And I mean, even Lewis Hamilton tried to play it down and I was like, buddy, <laughs> I love you, but no. Just admit that you've changed half the car and um, that you were going to do better. And they did do better. That's a discussion for later. Lando is the most favourite driver at Silverstone. In 2021, he sold the most merch out of all the drivers. Fun fact. That they talked about way too much this weekend, so I had to mention it. I'm not even surprised because I think Lando is great. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been more of a recent realisation that I like Lando more than I thought I used to. Um, And I'm just loving the whole grid now. Yeah, I think um, Lando was my first, fun fact, was my first driver that I followed. Your first? Yeah, my first driver that I followed. My first. And it was because I was like, oh, my God, he's a little brother. And I was like, oh, his driving is amazing. And I put a lot of research into my driver that I was picked because I was like, I want to follow them until they get a world championship. And, yeah, I think he's really talented. But it also doesn't surprise me because, like, he is the most interactive with his fans. Like, he has Quadrant. He streams. He he spends a lot of time signing stuff. Like, he spent quite a lot of – he spent three hours one day walking down the Melbourne – walked out in at the Australian Grand Prix signing stuff. Like he spends a lot of time with his fans. So I can understand why he's the biggest followed or like the most, you know what I mean? You guys know what I'm getting at. The most merch sold at the Silverstone. At the Silverstone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, why wouldn't you want Lando to be one of your favorite drivers? He's just so likable. My but- next point I have on here, which I don't <laughs> think I sent you the TikTok, but there was a TikTok going around of, Louisa and Lando. We don't often speak about girlfriends on the podcast. We believe that their personal lives are personal and that we're here to chat raising, to be honest. I mean, kudos to people that get married, have kids. We're happy for everyone. Um, But we don't really talk a lot about partners and personal lives. Lando and Louisa, I don't understand, first of all, if you're a Lando fan and give Louisa a hate, the door is to the right. Please leave. You have your, There's no space for you here in our community. Second of all, the cutest TikTok video I saw of Lando and Louisa on the weekend. So they've come through the gates of Silverstone and everyone's waiting to get stuff signed. 
obviously Louisa is with Lando. She Lando's walking down one side of the walk, like signing stuff. Louisa is running back and forth from the other side, getting people's merch signed and then taking it back to them. It was Stop the most it. wholesome, fucking cute thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I love that. You are a queen. You are out there doing it for the people. You didn't send that to me. Oh my god! Next time it pops up, I'll send it to you. But yeah, it was honestly the most gorgeous thing. Speaking of something that's not mentioned, real quick, um, we did have two drivers' birthdays this weekend. Oh dear, um, three and Sebastian Vettel. And to show my support of Sebastian Vettel, I've just put my Aston Martin hat on on top of my McLaren hat. By the way, I'm very impressed. You look really amazing, stunning. Danny Rick's cake was a shoe, a shoey, mm-hmm. in proper Danny Rick fashion. And Seb's helmet was illustrated by his kids. That is the cutest thing ever, the helmet situation. The cutest thing ever. Going back to Daniel's cake, that's a ripoff of a cake that Red Bull did a couple years, or a few years ago now, but I just wanted to point that out. McLaren, think of better original ideas, please. So Aston aren't the only team ripping off Red Bull this year, are they? No, no. McLaren's doing it by a cake form, so it's totally fine. <laughs> um, but then we had practices. Oh, and practice. they were windy, windy, windy. Windy and wet. And her weather report last week say that it wasn't meant to be raining. Yeah, that's a literally why I clipped it and put it up on TikTok. I was waiting for someone to comment on it, but no one's noticed. <laughs> Lids, I think we need to rethink your 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 role as weatherman for the UK. Yeah, Weather look, it was well presented, very well presented, just a little inaccurate. But what can we say? We're the queen of false facts. So we, yeah, um, we had the hardest selection of tires this weekend, starting off with the C1 as the hardest and the C3 as the soft tire. Um, but we didn't really, like, we had a lot of inters. We had a lot of wets. Yeah, it's an interesting selection. I guess it is because it's the highest speed circuit of, oh, I mean, it's not the highest speed circuit. I mean, Monza is, but it's one. Of, it's a high speed circuit. But, yeah, there was a lot of raining. I think FP1 was very quite disappointing. I don't know if anyone watched it, but there was not a lot happening. Uh, FP2 was a bit better. FP3 was, yeah pretty all right the weather in i think it was fp i mean it says fp1 here but i think it was f was the yeah it was fp1 because i remember watching it and i remember watching hamilton in the the media pen afterwards it was quite weird weather like the i think there was like turn six turn seven were completely soaking and then the rest of the track was basically dry and ready for slicks so it was like this real weird in between because they couldn't go out on inters because they were just destroying the inters because they tried. And then they couldn't go out on slicks because then they would end up in a wall. So it was kind of just like a, not many people got out on track. I think uh, Lewis Hamilton did the most laps at 10 in the first practice session. Well, you know who did come off the track? Our boy Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Sir Lancelot span off into the gravel after being on slicks and coming offline. Luckily, not much damage. Um, 
Also, my absolute favourite thing of the whole weekend was pedal cam. I don't know if you saw it, but pedal cam was the best thing I've ever seen and I love it and I want it there every week and I always want it to be Lando because that was the most interesting shit I've ever seen. I definitely did see pedal cam and I feel like, did we have a discussion a few weeks ago that like they don't do much with their feet? No. <laughs> Maybe we did. I don't know. But um, it was interesting. I think Silverstone probably wasn't a great track to see what their pedal, like the whole pedal situation's like. I think, I think this weekend, I think Austria, I think that would be good to see. Mercedes were the first out on track this weekend. And I'm going to be real. I haven't heard a cheer like that in F1 for a while. They were the first out on track, two Britain drivers. Or British drivers, maybe. Um, <laughs> Britain. And the crowd went wild. And then Lando, Lando Norrie Norris came out on track and they gave another big cheer. And I'm like, I know they probably can't hear it, but I wish they could. I feel like they've said that they can hear them. I think the only time they've really heard them was Zandvoort. Unless they're just lying to make the fans feel better. Yeah, and, well, it's great to see. It was great to hear. <laughs> Quali, cows. Did you hear the comment about cows or am I alone? Mm, you are not alone. We had a mention of cows again. This is We had a, we had a mention of cows in Monaco, sorry. That's all right. The cow tally is up to two. <laughs> I am keeping a cow tally this year. Don't care what anyone says. They, everyone might be like, that's not the most important thing about F1. It's about who's going to win the championship. No, 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 no. Ted Kravitz and Crofty's cow. Count. <laughs> cow count. Cow tally. Cow it, count. The cow count. The cow count is the most important thing now to me in this championship. If we don't get up to five by the end of the season, I'm going to be very sorely disappointed. Ash will get a cow tattoo. <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. I will. <laughs> um, we we had a few crazy things happen in Quali. We had a few action-packed moments in Quali. We had a wet Quali. Um, my adrenaline was running so high during Quali uh, that I fucking barely remember it. <laughs> Only because I watched it this morning do I remember it. I'm on the wait. No, that didn't happen. I watched it live, obviously. Um, <laughs> we had some really cool moments. Um, we had, you know, we had cool moments and we had not cool moments. My least cool moment was Daniel going out in Q2 while Lando got into the top 10. Yeah, sorry, I my face, if anyone's watching, I've just pulled the dumbest face on camera and it's because I'm reading the notes for Collie, trying to make it sound like I'm talking not shit. And it says, I blessed the rains down in Silverstone. Who wrote that? I did. Because <laughs> it was so wet. It's like, I blessed the rains down in Silverstone. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my head when I watched the rain in Quali. I mean, <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. I did ask you to write notes. It was giving I mean. Austria. It was sorry. It was giving us Africa. It was giving Spa. It was giving Spa. And you know what? I've watched over and over again. What's that? Max's spin. Impressive. Impressive. It was so cool. Three sixty. He's really great at catching that Red Bull. His reaction is impeccable, not going to lie. 
I couldn't do that in my car. You could because your car's on slicks at the moment. <laughs> Shut up. Um, you know, there was a clip of Max Verstappen watching the race the next day. What was the last race? Canada. Of him watching Canada after Canada happened the next day, which I was like, oh, right. I forgot that they have to watch the race back to actually see what fucking happens behind them or like the rest of the race, which is wild. But George was literally like, oh, well, why are they doing like a push push? Like, why are they doing uh, two cool down laps and then one push? Like, should we be doing the same thing? And I was like, bro, I would be more concerned about trying to get the fastest time on the board and not worrying about what other people are doing. Like, I don't think I have the brain capacity to be like paying attention to like a car doing two cool down laps. I mean, I do have an Aston hat on and it is time to talk about our favorite team on the grid, Aston Martin. Or one of our favourite teams on the grid, Aston Martin. We have 10 um, favourite teams, so. <laughs> it's quite hard to keep up with them all. It is. Um, Aston getting it wrong again. Do you want to yeah, so talk about your personal pain? or? Yeah, Seb was just really unimpressed with them at the end because he got the chequered flag and couldn't do another lap. And, you know, Aston, Aston are really trying to keep Seb on for next year, which – you know, we weren't really sure of Seb's contract for next year, but it looks like it's up. Uh, so, you know, Aston, they just got to do better <laughs> to keep Sebastian Vettel <laughs> in the car. I think that, I think they're just making like dumb calls. And I also just think they don't have the pace. So it's kind of like making dumb calls also don't have the pace you need to maximize strategy and you need to maximize other people's bad luck and they just seem to be missing that i think they and should call us i mean we we're gonna have a full we're gonna have a full roster if we get every team to call us so yeah that's fine we can share the love around and i think that's all we have to say about collie to be honest carlos I- gets pole even though he thought it was a shocking laugh and i think that's it i think we'll just call it a day on collie let's get to the race done uh race 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 jesus actually pause we missed my little uh my little separate section that's before the race but after quality <laughs> did you watch papa seb get in that v10 williams because that was beautiful i beautiful. loved it <laughs> so the thing that i found most interesting first of all was nigel mansell was there watching it which is great because it's his whole car uh second of all he rebuilt it um, so that the engine used sustainable fuels and was net zero on their carbon footprint. Sebastian Vettel, I think you should take over from Stefan Domenicali and just run the entire FIA. Uh, you're not wrong. Sebastian Vettel definitely should be, first of all, race director, F1 director, all of the above director. I agree entirely. Uh, I just... He's just so amazing. Karun Chandok had a really good point. He said, well, if Sebastian Vettel can do that and make a V10 with sustainable fuels, why don't they go back to a V10 with sustainable fuels instead of having a hybrid? Because surely it would be better for the environment. You know, this is just cementing in my brain that Sebastian Vettel should run the FIA. Yeah. I mean, Karun's got a good point. I would like to hear a V10 engine. That'd be nice. I don't know. I need SD telling me what a 
it sounds like. <laughs> then we had the race. Holy mac and cheese balls. Holy mac and cheese balls. What a race. I That was the best race ever, but also the worst race ever. I've said a few times this year, wow, we haven't had a first lap incident. And <laughs> and she fucking jinxed it. And I didn't think we were going to have a first lap incident like that. Yeah. So first off, I think we should start by saying we don't condone the sharing of videos of horrific crashes. We think it's a quick way. We think it's pretty much clickbait. And we also got to take into consideration that it is traumatic. It is a traumatic event. And if I had gone through a traumatic event like that, regardless in what position I was in, whether I was Zhou Guan Yu or if I was George Russell or if I was Lewis Hamilton just watching on, I would not want to see that replayed over and over again. And I think that we need to respect that. I think it's also disrespectful to film someone as they're getting extracted from a car, from being upside down and put onto a stretcher. I think that's disgusting as well. I think we need to really take a look at what we're doing as a community. I hate shunts. I They make me feel sick. Watching it made me feel physically ill. And I just, I people were sending me like footage of the crash after and I was like I don't want to see this because it's just it's horrific and it could have ended really badly yeah so thank god for the halo uh, if anyone is still against the halo you need to be slapped up your head off (laughs) up across the ears I don't know and you need to take a hard long look in the mirror because I think so. Yeah, you really do. We are going to discuss the crash and explain what happened. Um, but we won't be replaying any footage or clipping any photos or anything like that. So, who was it? Latifi got a great start, absolute great start, and snuck in between George Russell and Joe Guanyu and made it through. Gasly, who also had a great start, saw what Latifi had done and went to sneak in between them. Which he wasn't quick enough, unfortunately, and got caught on George Russell's car, which sent George Russell straight into Joe Guan Yu. Yeah, and basically they made contact and Joe's car flipped. And not only it once it flipped onto its roof, roof, there's no roof on an F1 car, but once it's flipped onto... Once it was upside down. Yeah, it went across the gravel and I just remember seeing because they the view the camera was like facing on the front runners obviously and in the background you just saw the car slide across the gravel and my heart dropped yeah I don't think I even clicked on what like if you watch my reaction I start screaming about George because I noticed George first and then like when I first like that when it was playing live before they played the replay all I could see was sparks flying I couldn't tell who it was I couldn't tell what had happened I could, all I could see was just sparks flying um and it wasn't and then you obviously had the really long wait until they played the replay which is 100% understandable they played the replay Joe is on his on the halos 
scraped, I reckon, at least 200 metres down the road and through the gravel. Once he's hit the tyre barriers, he's flipped up into the fence and then got the, the car has hit the fence and got lodged between the barriers and the fence. And I was just like, why are they replaying this? How is he alive? It was crazy. And the photos that I've seen, like Red Bull posted a photo of it, a few other people posted a photo of it, and I just stopped posting photos of it. <laughs> I mean, I have more respect for teams posting photos and for F1 posting photos. I just don't think as punters that we should be. Yeah, I actually agree with that. And, you know, we also had another crash on lap one that wasn't shown because everyone was so focused on Joe, but Alex ended up going into the hospital. Yeah, so they did show a replay of it. Um, Valtteri Bottas slowed down, which in turn may to avoid the Joe crash, which in turn Alex slowed down for, um, which caught Sebastian Vettel out by surprise, which sent Sebastian Vettel straight up Alex's behind. Alex has just ended straight up into the pit wall. If anyone is new to F1, the pit wall is straight up concrete. There is no barriers. There are no tyres. There is no protect, whatever the fuck it's called. It's straight up concrete and fence. So he was quite badly shunted straight into it and required checks at hospital. Thank God both the drivers were okay. I don't know what I would do if something had to happen. I would have been absolutely devastated um and you know i gained a lot of respect for george this weekend as well but i think also at the same time it's like i don't think like for me it's kind of like i think we forget that it is a traveling circus they travel 25 to 30 weeks out of the year together um so it's kind of like holy shit that's my brother or holy shit that's someone I really care about and like he stopped his car straight away and literally I had recorded a bit which wasn't posted it was I was like why is George running and then it clicked like oh he's running to Joe like um and he sprinted across and checked that Joe was okay before getting back in his car and like going to the pit lane yeah, and then the FIA wouldn't let him restart at the red flag. So, let's talk about that. Do you think that he should have been allowed to restart? Yes. But what he said in his post-race interview was that he had told the marshals not to touch the car because he was running back to the pit wall to find out why it wasn't restarting. And that he wanted to bring it back himself. And then by the time he got back, it was already on the crane. Yeah. Okay. So I reckon, first of all, if you can't get your car restarted, that's it. Like you're out. Like if he had gotten back into his car and got it restarted and ended up back in the pit lane, 100% he should have been allowed to restart the race. But the fact that he couldn't get his car restarted and that he sprinted down the track to the pit lane <laughs> to ask the pit wall what to do, I'm like, buddy, what did you expect? Also, I'm sorry. Can but... we talk about Esty's long way back to the pit lane? What? Esty took – because his wheel – was basically gone and his suspension on the the front right. It took him so long to get back to the pit yeah, lane. Yeah, look, I really don't think it mattered at that point, though. Like, it wasn't like they were restarting. No, I just thought it was funny. 
I'm surprised that they let him restart. Like, I'm surprised he wasn't retired straight up. Um, and the fact that they, like, they just taped his pers- suspension, I was like, duct tape is not the answer to everything, guys. Let's not just tape up his suspension. I don't know. Maybe they've just learned a thing or three from, two from Alpha Tauri. Bad influences, those Alpha Tauris. <laughs> <laughs> we had a restart. Yes. After that red flag. And because the they hadn't passed the because the lap hadn't completed, they decided to go back to the OG. No, so it wasn't starting. because it hadn't completed. It was because they hadn't passed the second safety car line. Ah, uh, so, okay. Yeah, so they hadn't passed the second safety car line. So when they restarted, they had to go back to qualifying order. On the restart, four cars across. What the fuck, guys? We just had a first lap incident. What <laughs> in God's name are you doing? Going four across in the first lap. Like, are we... Are we serious? Like, they did it well. Like, no one crashed, but still. They did do it well. And, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just terrifying. It was kind of shocking. I mean, that was on the edge of my seat for the rest of the race. And do you know what my whole, my favourite bit of this whole weekend? Boys, you are free to fight. Oh, my God. I have never been so happy in my whole life to hear that Ferrari are free to fight. It was great to see, but then Ferrari made some mistakes. <sighs> you know what, Charles? I'm. I've got yeah. I've got my Ferrari hat on, Charles. Do you have you got three hats on now? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the run sheet, so I couldn't. <laughs> This is what we call Brilliant. fashion. Um, if you don't know what fashion is, look it up. Definitely fashion. Absolute fashion icon I am. Um, Ferrari. Guys, I am a really big fan. And I'm a really big fan of Charles winning this championship. Um, but if you keep giving him shitty strategies, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come in there and throw hands at this point. Um no, I won't throw hands. I'm just completely I'm just disappointed for him because I feel like it's race after race, like Monaco, like is Canada I don't know what happened in Canada anymore. That's out my brain, but it's just how many times do we have to make a wrong strategy for Charles? And like you're on a safety car, just pit. Like there was also a nine second gap to anyone behind him, right? So like nine seconds back to Carlos, so he could have pitted before Carlos and got out before, like he could have pitted before Carlos if they were going to bring Carlos in. And then he said like they didn't want to give up track position, but it was kind of like well everyone was going to pit. Like I'm pretty sure like everyone but Charles pitted, so it was kind of like well you could have just done it. I know that it's a risky move, but leaving him out there was leaving him left for dead. So. It was giving a Mercedes tyre strategy. Verstappi faced some floor damage, apparently in the lap 12, which he didn't notice until like a lap 22. Did you see the piece of floor that he had been holding up? I don't know if it was floor. I think it was a piece of the Alpha Tauri. It was a decent chunk and it basically rendered the downforce on the car not there. Yeah, it... um... Yeah, it was horrific. The, but he he had some great fights. He managed to stay in P7 and still get some points. And Jimmy Jr. 
and Verstappi fight. I have never been so happy to see something in my life. It was so cool and seeing Max fight in the midfield and seeing being able to see what Shumi can do, brilliant. It was an amazing fight and you wouldn't have thought it was for P7. God, no. You'd think it for the race win. Yeah, but it was it was P7. <laughs> but Mick gave it the biggest fight and Sebastian Vettel came out who was literally in P9 and was like, I watched, I watched the fight and he's like, I was cheering for Mick the whole time being like, go Mick, go Mick. And I was like, don't, you're going to make me cry for like the fucking fifth time today. Like I've just not, I've had it. I think the entire community is happy that Mick got his first points. I think it's taking so much pressure of him and I think it's going to help him progress. I think that the pressure of the first points are gone and now he's going to be able to smash it. A hundred percent. And we even had an upgrade to the Steiner ship because Huss scored double points this weekend. I know, right? I can't, I cannot wait to see what um, Gunther says about this in DTS. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Because last year he would have fucked the whole grid for two <laughs> points. And now he's had a double points finish in a race. I can't wait to see. Gunther it's wild. <laughs> it's been three years since Haas has had double points. Jesus. Right. You know who wasn't in the points? <sighs> Danny Rick. But Lando did well again. Yeah. It's really – it's kind of – I have so many questions I want to ask him. I just want to... I mean, I know that he suffered some damage from the initial shunts in the first Mm -hmm. lap. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, what are we racing next? Austria? He didn't do great at Austria last year. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens next this week. Sorry. And what needs to happen for him to improve his pace. Like, it's just... It's really concerning. Like, and I'm not saying that as a from a place of criticism. It's more of a place of I would like him to win, and I do want to see him do better. And I think it would be heartbreaking, heartbreaking to lose him from the sport, um, especially in this way. I think that if he's going to leave, that he needs to leave on his own accord. Yes, and you know what else was heartbreaking this weekend? What's that? The fact that we had six DNFs. Right, so let's name them. Go. Roll call. Valtteri. 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 Valtteri Bottas had a gearbox. We had Esti Vesti with a mechanical failure. Was it his suspension? Probably. We had the Alpha Tauri's spin. So we had Pierre DNF because of a Alpha Tauri spin, which... Yuki hit Pierre and they both went spinning in synchronicity, which was quite beautiful, but also quite disappointing. Pierre has never looked so angry. You know, he looked pretty angry in Monaco, but I think it took the cake this weekend. Yeah, no, definitely took the cake this weekend. And I think that it's really crap because Pierre hasn't had the great great start to the season. I'm pretty sure Yuki's still higher in the points than him. Uh, their pace just seems to not be there as it was last year. So, I don't know. I really hope that things pick up for him. I do love Pierre and I would love to see a Pierre podium. That would be nice. Yes, I would love to see a Pierre podium. Was last year in Baku our last Pierre podium? Yeah. Carlos, 
on his 150th Grand Prix, the second longest driver without a win, had his maiden win. So yeah, of course, I was bawling my eyes out. Then Mick Schumacher had his sister get on the radio and then Corinna got on the radio. So then, of course, I bought my eyes out even more. F1. I just, I would like to say that I was never supposed to get this emotionally attached. <laughs> he also got sprayed with champagne this weekend by his sister. That was the cutest. We had Mattia Benotto. Yeah, giving Charles Leclerc the finger. The finger? <laughs> Probably sound, sounds way worse <laughs> than said that way. But he was waving his finger at Charles like a dad. And then he tried to defend, defend himself being like, oh, well, it was, I was only, I was only doing that. Like I was giving him a pet talk saying that, you know, it's fine. Don't be like, we'll get it next race. It's like bullshit, bullshit. You just didn't want him to be publicly critical again. Yeah. Uh, the photo wasn't amazing did someone post being like caption this oh my god have you oh my god have you not seen the video like the badly dubbed version of it where someone's like in an italian accent and you know we had 52 laps this weekend at silverstone but i think it felt like a hundred it did i think lap 46 was my favorite lap of all time and if you don't remember lap 46 let me give you a throwback to the past where we had like five cars fighting for p3 yeah so f1 tony spoke about this and was like while the fia regulations came in this year to bring closer fighting and let's just say that we can't argue that it hasn't brought closer fighting now oh it was amazing oh it really was it was incredible incredible but in saying that, it was a hectic race week. And guess what? This week is race week as well. It's race week. And did you know that it's meant to rain on Sunday? I've been thinking about it. I Austria, I'm not going to lie. Red Bull Ring is definitely in my top five favorite races. Like that is where I'm going next year. Like if I'm going to Europe to watch a few races next year, I am not missing out on Red Bull Ring 110%. I've loved every single race that's happened at Red Bull Ring in the last couple of years. Uh, one of the first old races that I ever had watched was the 2020 uh, Austria race. And that's because also, like, it was, I don't know, you have, you have seen the, the clip where it's like scenario seven, scenario seven. Yes. Lando, you have five seconds to catch up to Lewis Hamilton. And then you're on the podium. And Lando pulls fucking five seconds from nowhere is like the most incredible lap that he's ever driven. He's also happened to follow up that podium again last year. And then, you know, third time lucky. I just, I think it's going to happen. Well, he had talent last year, that's for sure. (laughs) But if you don't know Austria, uh, the Red Bull Ring, which is Red Bull's home, if you couldn't tell from the name. It's also my homeland. It is. How do you feel going home, coming home? It's coming home. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I'm a bit of it. I've got a little bit of European background and some of it happens to be from Austria. And honestly, I can't wait. Also, it also brings good content. Any any F1 content that comes out of the Austria weekend is always good. Like if anyone has not seen the Red Bull slash Alpha Tauri <laughs> challenge last year against each other. Incredible. Quality. But so Austria, it is yes. a it's a weird track. That's what I'm going to say. We only have 10 corners at the track. 
with three dearer stones, but there are three long straights going uphill and then the corners are all downhill and they're fast. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a short one. She's only 4.3 kilometers in length, which means we're doing 71 laps of her. I'm horrified at the fact that there's 71 laps. I am pumped. <laughs> I'm so pumped. You have no idea. Race length, of course, is 306 kilometers, which we've learned is the standard race length this year. I'm so glad that we're learning and that our listeners are learning. <laughs> well, I hope so. I really hope so. Lab record goes to the incredible Chili Pepper Carlos Sainz in 2020 with McLaren at one minute and five seconds. So it really shows how short this track is. That is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. I think I feel like I mean Monaco is shorter, not by much. And I really I'm curious. The cars are faster this year, so it'll be interesting to see what um, lap times they're doing. Yeah, especially with Red Bull's straight line speed and Ferrari's ability to do well in the fast corners. I'm curious to see who's going to end up on the top step. Speaking of top steps, tell me the 2021 race result. Uh, we had. Max Verstappen in P1, Valtteri Bottas in P2, Lando Norris in P3. Don't remember who P4 was, but Carlos Sainz was P5. Yeah, so, I mean, Carlos Sainz is looking like a favourite. Is he your prediction? God, no. God, no. (laughs) But Tinder predicts is back this week. Can't leave my boy. Can't leave my boys hanging at this point. In we've we've done how many races together? We've got so many more to go. So shall shall we? Uh, we'll start with Raymond. Raymond puts up with me no end. Uh, he tries to talk to me about other things, and I just am always like, "Tell me your predictions." Um, Ash is very single-minded. <laughs> predictions. He his prediction last week. Was correct because he predicted Carlos has made him win, and I did he yeah, he did and I Raymond right um he's like I hope you've been capitalizing on my predictions via sports bet <laughs> and I was like that's <laughs> what do I do with these predictions this is none of your business have we not have we not learned our lesson boys he's I was like so home of Rebel Austria predictions let's go and he's like I kind of want to retire while on the top of the predictions Rosberg style and I was like I have so much respect for that joke you have no idea but I still need your predictions for this week um he's like I can't help myself so I'll have to have a go I want to preface this by saying that I'm not not across where the cars are at right now in terms of performance and the upgrades but I'm gonna say it's Austria so Max and Charles P1 and P2 which I was like did you forget that it's a sprint weekend, friend? And he said, holy shit, that throws a spanner in the works. Could be Alonso from left field. <laughs> Sorry, that's Feynman's predictions. Jack. Jack, we matched the other day because he has a Williams shirt. He says Leclerc and Perez to have more turn four shenanigans, predicting Max will win easily and put the championship out of reach. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. We move over to Christian who says, look, I'm going to have to say Max on the comeback. And at this point, I'm pretty sure this guy is Christian Horner and not just an Australian point in Christian. (laughs) All right. And now we have Chris. We have Chris as a newcomer to the predictions saga. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. Welcome. 
what did I say to him? I, I'm pretty sure he's been trying to talk to me for a few days and I just said Austria predictions. <laughs> Literally didn't reply to any of his previous messages. Um, he was like trying to ask me what I do with my life and I was like, regardless, I just need Austria predictions. <laughs> he said it's a tricky one because of the rain. So he he has put in the research, you know. Chris has put he in the research. He knew it was going to rain. Yeah. I'm impressed, Chris. But the Rebels should be home, strong on the home track outlandish prediction alpine to snag a podium also it's a sprint weekend boy i know it's a sprint weekend but all right jackson jackson is um jackson has just accepted the fact that all we talk is f1 which is really great red bull always win in austria so it's got to be a red bull one and three checker winning because i love him but probably max (laughs) even though i don't love him and he's like Lando will do here I reckon as well either fourth or fifth so he hasn't told me who his second place is but it's good enough he just doesn't know we've had some good predictions this week thank you gentlemen I don't know who I should be putting as P1 this week what do you mean? What do you mean? I know exactly who you're going to put as P1 you're going to play this down and be like oh I don't know and then you're going to put Max it's a home of Red Bull. You have to. I'm going to start from P3. Because I'm Tell just me. change it up. And, you know, it's a sprint. It's kind of close to Italy. I'm going to put Daniel Ricciardo in P3. Who? Daniel Ricciardo. You know, the Australian racing driver. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> Are you okay? No. Okay, I am. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Just I checking. Am, I am hopeful. I am optimistic. He needs to prove himself and it's a sprint and you're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I 100% am. <laughs> P2. I'm going to so say Carlos Chili Pepper Signs. Ooh, ooh. And. Top step. Checo. The fuck is. Okay, if anyone's listening. This is the most shocking prediction that Emma has ever given. If you're new here, Emma always predicts Max to win because she wants him to win the championship, which, fair, but still. Uh, it's the home of Red Bull and she hasn't predicted Max. So, do you think Max is going to DNF or, like, what do you think is going to happen to Max this week? I think Max is going to DNF. <laughs> I also think Charles is going to DNF. I think they're going to... They're going to have a... Oh, maybe. The sprint spices things up because we have qualifying on Friday night, which I don't think I'm ready for. Never. Um, but I also, I like it. So, I mean, FIA, F1, I know that you listen to us very intently. Um, even OzGP, I know that you listen to us constantly because we're all besties. We would like a sprint in Australia next year. If, I, if you could make that possible, uh, we would be very happy. Um, so going to my predictions, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do the same as you. I'm going to start with P3. Okay. I'm going to s- actually, yeah, I'm going to start with P3. I want Lando to continue his, actually, no, no, actually, I don't want Lando to continue his P3 madness at, at, um, at the Red Bull Ring. I would like to see an Esteban on P3. Yes, I like uh, it. I would like then for a Pierre Gasly P2. Uh, just We need to get that podium. He needs a podium to get some points so he stops having nightmares. Yes. We and then P1, I want Lando to bring it home. Wow. And you said my podium was crazy. 
Yeah, but the thing is, is uh, if listeners have been listening, they've, they're have they quite w- well aware that I have changed my podium predictions to hopeful wishes at this point in time mm-hmm. and that I'm not taking them seriously because I really suck at predicting. <laughs> that is fair enough. But, I mean, if I was doing a realistic podium, it would be Max, Max Charles Lando if I was being realistic. But I'm not being realistic, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, I believe that the words you speak manifest. So I'm just manifesting. I like that. I I am impressed with your manifesting. And I'm going to manifest this podium like no tomorrow. I would just also like to thank that all our new listeners. We're having, we've reached 27 in the charts here in Australia. We have quite a big listener base from all over Europe and all over the world, which is insane that all these people want to listen to two Australians talk shit. Um, we're really thankful to have you here. If you do like this episode, please hit the like button. If you see the like button next to it, it's usually a follow or subscribe button. Just go over and click that as well. Um, and then just also just go find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter that we don't use, our website, uh, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere that you get a podcast. Come join, come join us. Come hang out. We've loved having you here and we'll see you next week. Love you, bye. Bye.